0: Your insecurities can become the thing that like breaks that glass ceiling for you and can become the thing that actually connects you so much greater than your giftings.
1: Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited. Today we have such a good episode. We're going to dive right in. Before we do, I just want to let you know that I am going to be with you in Malibu if you are coming to our retreat August 1st through the 3rd. It really is going to be such an incredible experience. The last retreat we did, I can't stop thinking about just how life-changing, how transformative it was. This retreat rewires your subconscious mind so that you are through the woods, so that you can release all the limiting beliefs, so that you can strategize, so that you can feel, so that you can actually take off the tons of things that really aren't serving you and feel for the first time completely free of all of that. And what will come into your life and what will be made manifest, it's truly incredible. There will be meditations. There will be a sound bath. There will be breath work. And we will talk about what kind of an empire you were put in this world to build. It is just time's up on women not really saying what's on their mind. It is time's up on women not having checkbooks so that they can decide what they want to underwrite. It is time's up on women apologizing for anything and it's it's really time for us to be in leadership and this retreat is going to birth so many leaders and so many incredible innovative ideas and businesses and so much just courage and wealth and abundance and energy it is just really and truly powerful to see when a collective of women come together how that changes the world. So come and join us in Malibu, August 1st through the 3rd. It's going to be gorgeous. You can join us. Go to kathyheller.com slash retreat and grab your seat. All right. Well, today I'm really thrilled because Jenna Kutcher is back. She is an entrepreneur. She's an educator. She's a photographer. She is a digital marketing expert. She's a podcaster. And now she's an author. Her new book is called How Are You Really? Living Your Truth, One Answer at a Time. It just came out this week and I'm so proud of her. I am really so proud because in this book, Jenna shares insights on how to create a joyful, successful life that makes room for more actual living. And she talks about the secret to creating an authentic community and how to listen and trust yourself and what it really means to create a life well-lived. And there's just so much more in this book and. I told her I was really impressed because when I saw what the book was about, when I first saw what it was titled and what was in it, I said to her, "Wow, I'm sure that the people who came to you to write a book were thinking, oh, you could write a book about building a social media audience. Oh, you could write a book about marketing. And instead, even though she shares some really beautiful nuggets that are tactical and concrete, she just goes into such a vulnerable, deep, beautiful opening. And I just am so proud of her that she did that. I think it's going to help a lot of people and change a lot of lives. A lot of you probably have listened to her top-rated podcast, The Gold Digger Podcast, but if you haven't, you might want to check it out. It's packed with actionable step-by-step advice about redefining success and chasing bolder dreams. Plus, she gives you a lot of tips on social media strategies, productivity, business hacks, and authentic entrepreneurship Truths and inspirational stories to help you design your dream business and life. She also interviews amazing women like Tundio Yenian, Mel Robbins, Martha Beck, Lori Harder. And I was on it a few years ago when Jenna and I were really still just starting all of this. So you can get into the archives and listen to that episode also. It's a fun trip down memory lane. Jenna is wise beyond her years. She's so down to earth and her ability to stay aligned with her true self no matter what is truly amazing. I am really impressed with how in tune she is to who she is, to her intuition, and I love that she's here to help you do the same. Without further ado, please welcome the phenomenal Jenna Kutcher. So Jenna, oh my gosh. (laughs) I mean, you've been here before, but it was a while ago and you've been up to so much and then you wrote
0: a book, which is like a third child for you. Truly, truly,
1: So what is it about what is it about in this book that you were just like this has
0: to be birth this has to be born. Yeah, it's actually hilarious because for so long I said I would never do it. And part of my growth in recent years is being willing to contradict myself and being willing to say I've changed my mind. Yeah. or I've changed myself and the vision has changed and you know, it's really interesting, Kathy, because you and I have actually had a lot of conversations about this offline where there are stages in life and business where money is the goal, right? Like you need money to pay your rent, or yeah. your mortgage or your student loans. Like you are trading your time for dollars and that's what's required. And that's what's required for most of us. And then there are seasons of life where you will willingly give someone money to get back your time. And I had to cross a threshold where writing a book had literally nothing to do about money,
2: yep.
0: where I had to free up the time to be in a space of like, whoa, this is worth it. And like, this is going to be the longest project I've ever worked on, but I'm going to be the most excited about it because it matters. And the funniest thing, and I, I just want to say this to start this off because I want everyone listening to think about this is that. I had said for so long, I was never going to do something. I often think about how, when we sign yearbooks and stuff, we say like, never change. And it's like, no, no, no. I hope that you change. And I hope I get to watch who you are changing into, but The reason why I finally opened up a word doc and started my book was because I went to this massage therapist in a tiny town in Minnesota of 1200 people. And she was an intuitive person. And after my massage, she literally just said to me, she said, there is something you need to do and you know what it is now you need to go out and do it. And every single person listening to this has something and you know what it is and you're not doing it. And it was so funny because she didn't say to me, Jenna, you need to write a book and it's going to be called, how are you really? And it's going to come out in two years. She just said, you know, you need to be doing something and you're not doing that. And you need to go, do you know what I'm talking about? And right away, I was like, dang it. And I like went home from the massage Uh and drew like, how was your massage? And I was like, I'm going to write a book. And he's like, I am so confused how getting your shoulders rubbed revealed this massive revelation. But I just want everyone to be thinking about that. There is something you need to be doing in your life, and you know what it is and now go out and do it. It's absolutely true, and that's so good. I love
1: that you had that moment, and I was so blown away and impressed when I saw what your book was about when you posted yes. like, this is what the book is about because. Gosh, I could see some, any publisher being so excited to throw a million dollar advance at you to talk about like how to grow a huge viral social media account or yes. how to be an amazing businesswoman and juggle having kids. And instead you were like, this is really what I'm here to say. And I'm like, yeah. wow, I give you so much credit for really knowing yourself and yeah. trusting that. Right. And not thinking like, oh, in order for this book to be lovable, it has to be the three dimensional steps about business and marketing that people want from me. No, like there's this deeper part of me that's always done the heavy lifting. That's always why people have shown up
0: and you doubled down and you trusted that. Do you want to know what's so fascinating about that, Kathy? Because I'm so, no one has called that out. And I think that it is such an important piece of this. So I did everything backwards intentionally. And so I want to follow up with saying there's something you need to do and you know what it is, but you also need to do it in a way that works for you. And I did everything backwards So intentionally in this process, because I wanted to protect my creativity, but I also wanted to protect my voice. And part of the reason why I said I would never write a book was because every time I even entertained that thought, someone would say, your book is going to be about this. This is what your book should be. Oh my gosh, I would die to read a book about this. And the minute that somebody did that to me, it like squashed all creativity. Like right away, I was like, oh no, now I got to think about stories that make sense for this person's vision. And so I actually wrote the entire manuscript by myself without a deal, without a publisher, without an agent, because I wanted to present it and say, this is what I want to talk about. Not what do you want me to talk about? But I made an interesting, and I don't want to say mistake because it wasn't a mistake, but a lot of us do this. When I first wrote that initial manuscript, it was a business book because I thought I run the top marketing podcast. I am known in the business world. And when I finally got an incredible agent, Margaret Riley King, she pulled out all of the business stuff and said, save this for later. You'll use Ah, it some other time. I care more about the life stuff. And it was like this permission of like see yourself on shelves in Barnes and Noble, not next to all the white dudes that tell you business advice, like find yourself and take up that space. And it was such a cool process. Oh, I love her. Thank
1: you, Margaret. God bless you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, and the reason why, and and whoever we have on the show, whether it's Morgan Harper Nichols or Martha Beck, I always just pick a song that just literally comes to me that morning. And so this song, this is me, like, that is so much of what you built right like Mm -hmm. soul by soul woman by woman the people who raise their hand and follow you like I said before feel that you have handed them a permission slip to love everything about themselves Mm. no matter what and so of course it gives me chills you could say Well, you're an amazing marketer and you know a lot about things and how they work. And you do because success Mm -hmm. leaves clues and all of that stuff is true. And 99% of what's really going on is this girl from Minnesota who had the bravery to be vulnerable Mm. all the time, no matter how many eyes were on you and no matter what season you were in. Yeah, so let's talk about that for a moment, because so much of that does come up in different ways in the book. And it really is bigger than the COVID pandemic. I think it's the biggest pandemic, which is a way in which women especially feel constantly small. They compare themselves. How do they look? Where are they with followers? Like there's mm-hmm. never an end to the, mm-hmm. to the self-talk and the self-doubt and the self-critique And then what people throw at us and the shade and all that. And you have been living your life, moving forward, step-by-step as yourself in such a bold, gorgeous way. How, what can you teach us about how to walk with that
0: grace? Yeah. There's this story when I was a young little girl and I stayed at my grandparents' house and we would all fight for this little corner of carpet in their bedroom. And we called it the cozy corner because we really just wanted to be close with them. And my grandma had taken like a little recipe card and wrote and wrote the cozy corner on it. And she put it like a little placard right in the corner of their room. And, um, one morning I got to sleep in that spot and I woke up and climbed into bed between them. And my grandma had said to me, she was like, Jenna, why are you so beautiful? And I was like, because that's how God made me. And I was so confident in that response. And my grandma she's losing her memory, but she still remembers that story. And so she, always every, t- Oh, it makes me so teary. But every time I'm with her, she's like, that's exactly what you said. That's who you are. And you have to remember that. And it's crazy to me. Cause I'm like, I wish I could like sprinkle that like five-year-old confidence on all of us. Cause I'm like, where did we lose that? Like <laughs> I watched my daughter, my daughter called my mom the other day. And was singing, let it go, let it go. And she was like doing <laughs> yeah. this whole theatrical per- performance naked, running around oh, the yeah. room. And I was like, when do we lose that feeling? Like, when do we lose that? Like unashamed, like, this is me. This is what's so exciting. This is what I love. This is who I am. And I think, and you know this better than anyone being a mom, especially of girls, you're like, how can I preserve yeah. that? because when did we lose it? Like, when did we lose it as people who are growing? And what's so fascinating to me, especially on my journey is that I've pivoted so many different times and ways and done things I said I would never do. And there's so many times where I've changed, but the reason why it's worked every single time is because I've stayed in pure alignment with who I am and what I feel called into. And when we are out there being ambitious women, a lot of times we think, well, this is what I'm known for. So this is what I'm going to show up as, or people always tell me I'm really good at this thing. So I should just keep doing that. And we forget that, like, because that's how God made me. And a part of that is our ambition and our intuition that we have suddenly turned the volume dial off on and turned the world's noise up on. And I was recently at a business retreat, mastermind, whatever you want to call it with a bunch of dudes. And there were so many times where I was like, oh, should I wear the blazer or the t-shirt? Like, should I, uh, uh, uh?" and I was like, no, 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 you are here because of how you've done this, stay in that spot, stay in your lane. Yeah. And I think it's fascinating because a lot of times we're so prone to like change. And as women, we're like the people that are like chameleons, like where we pride ourselves on being empathetic to a point where we take on other people's emotions and ideas and ideologies and blueprints and definitions of success. And that's where I think we've arrived, which I think we should talk about Kathy is we've arrived to these spots and we're like, this doesn't feel good. Yeah. Or I'm not happy. Or I thought this would be different. Maybe I just need more. And that's not the truth at all. No, this is so good.
1: Absolutely. I mean, everything you're saying rings true to me. And I, I think about how we just buy into this illusion that there's these rules and Mm -hmm. most of these rules were made up by guys and the way that guys do things. And so we think that we have to do it this way. And, really i mean what i've seen from watching you what i've seen from living my life and in my my connection with the people that come to, come through this community intimacy is currency it's like mm-hmm. it
0: yes. it doesn't matter
1: how busy you are and how many funnels you set up like it matters like what's pumping through there like how much yeah. of how much there is there right yeah. and that's the part that you and I somehow like we're able to hold on even like in a tornado and just be like, nope, like- We're good. Yeah, and this, yeah. I'm gonna keep choosing this right here. Yep. And then you can see it, right? Like five, six years into doing these podcasts, like we can see, you can see it immediately, like yes. what's real and what smoke and mirrors. And and it's just been such a, a, a gift to sort of like know you as I've gone through my journey and like just see you always steadfast while, while you're, I remember watching you when we were on that zoom, cause you've been so close with and so helpful to Tony Robbins, yeah. you've been like showing him a lot of things lately. Yeah. Um, and we were on that zoom with like 30 of us or whatever. And you're there with him in Palm beach. Like, yeah, I'm just like watching you in your sweats, like hanging out and like, he's Got like, this? what do you think about this? And what? she's like <laughs> running it like <laughs> with your baby with you. And I'm like, yeah, like, and boy, that There was no arrow pointing you there from the outside in. It was from the inside.
0: Mm. Well, I just want to say too that everything that you're saying, I feel like you are a mirror that reflects that on to other people. I think everyone that is a part of your world sees all of that as well. So I just wanted to like point that back at you you because I think what you're so good at recognizing in others, you live yourself. And that's why you can recognize it because I think if you weren't living it, you wouldn't be able to even put your finger on it. And you have done that.
1: Thank you. When it comes to this beautiful book, and I love that you wrote these three parts and I love when you say not only who you are and who you have, but who has you.
2: Yes. That who
1: has you is what like brings me to tears. Yes. Let's talk yeah. about that a little bit. in yeah. case We don't know.
0: Yeah. So what Kathy's talking about. So when we broke the book up, the first part is, is like, who are you really? And I think that's like a question that actually terrifies us greatly of like, who am I even? But the second part was really exciting to me because it's all about community and it's who you have, but also who has you. And, I feel like, and there are studies that show this, that like loneliness is at an all time high. Like we have never been so connected while being disconnected that it's terrifying. There's so much false sense of intimacy, which is why I love what you said about intimacy is currency, because there's this false sense of connection because of the digital world that we're in, which is beautiful and wonderful in ways. But I thought so much about this. um, And I know you did too, going through the pandemic where when they say like motherhood takes a village, we didn't have villages. And I felt that so deeply through that process because it was like, We are working and mothering and leaning on one another, like in this household for everything. Uh, Like we don't have, we don't have the 3 a.m. front. Like, you know, you're zooming with people and all that, but it's different. I just freaking missed hugs. Like, just give me a hug. And what I think is a beautiful invitation for us right now is that as things try to figure out the new normal, as we kind of settle in and say, what am I going to take out of this experience? And what am I moving forward with? A huge thing needs to be that we need to be ambitiously seeking out community and not just community that is like the surface level, cause I hate surface level, but community that makes you feel known. And I, I always think of this example, like I've been to a lot of different churches in my life and there are certain churches you go into and you're like, I could exit out stage left and no <laughs> one would even know I was there. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of us find ourselves in rooms where we're surrounded by people, but nobody knows who we really are. Yeah. hundred percent. And I think that's true loneliness. Like, I think that is a feeling where you're like, nobody even knows like what i'm struggling with or where i'm at and can i give a tangible like Please. tip that i think would be really helpful so i recently had my second baby and one of my biggest frustrations as a mom is that we often impose what we what our own experience of motherhood was onto a new mom totally. whether it's your first or fifth child whatever and so like, I personally love the newborn phase. Like, Oh my God, I love it. It's like, I thrive in it. I don't know. I become like a super human person, but people would reach out to me and be like, Oh, those are the hardest days of sleepless nights. And I'm like, but wait, you didn't even ask. Like I'm doing really good. And like right now in motherhood, my three-year-old is not sleeping anymore. Like, I'm running off of the smallest amount of sleep I've ever ran in my life. And people are like, that stage is so fun. And I'm like, but I'm failing. And what is so funny is that we often, you know, push our own experience or our own beliefs or like what we've experienced onto other people. And so one change in conversation that has shifted everything for me is that lately when I reach out to someone, I say on a scale of one to 10, where are you at today? How can I show Uh, up for you? And it doesn't say like, oh my God, you're in a room, but that must be the most magic trip. Maybe you have food poisoning. Maybe it's the worst trip or, oh my gosh, (laughs) online, it looks great. But like, you know, and so it gives someone a chance to say without judgment, without feeling guilty, if they're not feeling the way you think they should be. And it's opened up the depth of conversations. I've been talking to friends about marriage struggles or parenting struggles or career frustrations. I mean, yeah. we go deep because it's like not guessing like, oh, your weekend looks so fun online. It's like, hey, where are you at? So I just would invite anyone specifically people in transitions of life, because if there are 10, you get to celebrate with them. If they're at the one, you get to encourage them and you put them in the driver's seat of how that looks. And that's how I think we shift from this feeling of loneliness of not feeling known to being welcomed to invite others to know us where we are. That is so beautiful.
1: I know we have a lot of mutual friends and Mel Robbins and I text often and I was and just texting
0: her this morning. I was like, can I tell you something? And you got to promise you're not going to be mad at me as a friend, but I've got to call you out on something I'm seeing in your life. And she was like, send it over sister. <laughs> send it and over. I was like, yeah. Cause I was just like, you know, we need people in our lives like that, that totally. can call us on our crap. And I think a lot of times we don't invite that. Yeah. And she
1: and I were talking the week. I'm sure you guys talked this week too, when she hit the New York times list and like, there was like so much going on for her that week, you know? And like, it appears on social media for people just project a hologram of what they believe, what they see, right? And and it's such a gift to be able to hold, just hold space for people. Mm-hmm. The flip side of that, which I want to ask you about because it comes up with almost every woman I speak to in, in my community is when other people are projecting their stuff on you, right? Yeah. When they're not necessarily clean and making a space, there's a feeling that you want to be approved and you want to be liked and so yeah. i think that that's crippling for people i feel like every single day people even with their own families like at christmas dinner or when they go to post a story yeah. there's a constant filter of i don't know that i'm really gonna be met here so what do they want me to say Ooh, right yes Yeah. and you are such a queen at finding the truth there and allowing people to have whatever response they need to have and not owning their response. And that to me is like the liberation of all liberation because you're not codependent, right? Yes. So A person who's been as public as you are and people have so much to comment about every bathing suit you wear and every time you do a podcast and every guest (laughs) you're friends with. Oh my God, right? Yes. So how have you learned to separate yourself and allow them to do their thing without, without being
0: wounded by other
1: people's projections?
0: Yeah. You know what's so wild is like, sometimes I think I'm so beautifully oblivious to a lot of it good in a way that like protects my peace because it's so fascinating to me. And, and here's the thing. I'm a really sensitive, like squishy hearted human being. Like I (laughs) am not the person that's like, Oh, just ignore the haters. I'm like, Oh my gosh what I'm, I'm from Minnesota. Like I want everyone to like me. I'm a really right. nice person. If you only knew <laughs> yeah. me, like I would be, I am not the public figure. That's like, Oh, the haters. I'm like, Oh, but I didn't mean that. Um, <laughs> and so for all the people out there that are like, uh, oh, don't read the comments. I read the comments. I do everything, but I really have learned how to discern like true feedback and separate it from criticism. And I think that that's a gift because A lot of times there is true feedback out there. There are ways that I was blind or there are ways that I didn't recognize things or there there have been so many ways that I have been stretched through feedback. Criticism on the other hand is not the most helpful thing and letting that fall away is a really great thing to do. It's not easy. It's funny because there's actual like studies done that, like our brains remember the negatives more than the positives. It was a survival key when we were cavemen. Like you have to remember to like run from the lion, you know, but nowadays it's like, if you talk to anyone in the public, you, they could tell you verbatim things that people have said about them. I can tell you things about my body that people have said, or things about my marriage or whatever it is. And I have really had to work on like rewiring my inner narrative stronger than the narratives being spouted. But I will say this, Kathy, my audience is 99.9% amazing. Like I, if I let that 1% take me down, I would miss showing up for like people that I love. And I know you feel this too, because it's like, I care so deeply about the people that I have the opportunity to serve. And I recognize that like, even just having a square in their social feed is such a privilege. And so to me, it's like, man, are you more afraid of success than you are failure? Does success scare you? Because here's what's scary is that failure is scary, right? Like the art of failing. And I think specific specifically the art of failing publicly is scary. But success is really scary because you open yourselves up to the things that Kathy and I are talking about. But let me tell you that my deepest insecurities have become my greatest assets. If anyone knows, I went viral four years ago for talking about my insecurity about being a curvier woman who is married to a very, very, very fit guy and When I posted that, it was more me calling out my insecurities so that people couldn't weaponize it against myself. Has anyone ever done that? Where you're like, I know my nose is bigger. Like, Oh, just ignore the zit here. And it's like, (laughs) nobody was looking at the zit until you pointed it out. Right. But it's fascinating to me because the other day I'm getting laser hair removal on my face, which is so funny, but I have always been super insecure. I literally will get like little whiskers and it drives me crazy. And I walk around with tweezers all the time. And I've always been so embarrassed to say that. And I like just randomly shared about it. And I was like, oh my gosh, you guys, I'm like getting laser hair removal. It's so amazing. And all of these women flooded my DMS and were like, oh my God, I thought I was the only one I've been so ashamed of this. Oh my God. And I was like, wait, I've been hiding this for years. And like, this is something that connects with people. It's just crazy. So I just want to encourage you, like, if you are afraid of success because of insecurities you hold your insecurities can become the thing that like breaks that glass ceiling for you and can become the thing that actually connects you so much greater than your giftings i just wanted to throw oh, it out
1: oh it's so beautiful it's so good i'm so impressed you just never fail to impress with like the next thing that you're willing to share and it's interesting about something like that Everything. because that almost would be even more embarrassing for people than like big things, you know, like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I had a nose job, a really bad one when I was 16. And I, I I'll, I'll tell people all the time. My husband's like, why would you want them to know? I'm like, what do I care? Or like, yeah, I need Invisalign so bad. And I pointed out all the time, but like, I do have a tweezer and I get these like two hairs and I actually like love like when they, cause I I find it so satisfying. The (laughs) release. Yes. You're just so willing to talk about it. um so I'm curious about the whole the whole thing with our bodies because yeah I know that about I it. know that body positivity I know that there's a lot of women who are a part of this movement but me personally you were the first person who I saw doing it and it was just in the most no agenda yeah. like just the most organic thing and I'm curious what was that like for you before you decided to do that? Like, yeah, was that sort of something that was brewing for a long time. Or was that something that was causing you some kind of feeling of like, I know this is a mission or I know this is causing me pain if I don't do it. Or there, I, yeah. I, you had this last straw of like one more girl beating herself up and you're like, I've had it. I'm going to start yes. like, you know, what, what was that journey like for you?
0: Yeah. So this was going to be a chapter in the book and it got cut. Uh, so this is a great story. So I was at a conference. It was a really small, intimate conference. It was for like creative entrepreneurs, women. I was speaking at it. And the night before the conference began, I was sitting around, we were drinking margaritas, and there was maybe like five of us. And have you guys ever been in a situation where you're sitting around with women and one person starts talking about what they hate about themselves? And suddenly it becomes this almost contest of yeah. like, no, but this, did you notice this? Did you notice my arms jiggle? Did you know? Uh, and it's like, it's so contagious, right? Like this, this dislike for ourselves. And I remember sitting there and I was looking at all of these women and I was like, what are you guys talking about? You are the most beautiful talent. Like what is happening? And so (laughs) that day I was like tomorrow morning, I'm coming Uh, to your hotel rooms and I'm taking pictures of you when you just get out of bed, no makeup, no matching lingerie. I don't care if you're sleeping like in your PJs, I'm coming over because I want you to see yourself the way that God sees you when your feet hit the floor, but also the way that I see you. Like if I can have that lens and like be that person. And so it was kind of like this whole, like I woke up like this, but like actually I woke up like this. Yeah. And I like did this for five different women. And the last woman was one of my dear friends who is deeply insecure and who is one of the most beautiful humans I've ever met. And being a photographer is such a gift because it's like, you get to capture people the way that you see them, but she was also a photographer. And so I finished up shooting her and she grabs my camera and goes, your turn. And I was like, no, 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 no. This was my gift to you. This was, this was me reminding you. And she was like, no, no, go over there. And, um, I remember oh God. exactly what wow. I, was I had on total, like red underwear, black bra, this like silky little robe thing, like random. And she took these pictures. I had, you know, I was struggling with my skin and acne and all these different things. And I saw them and there's so many thoughts that went through my brain, but the final one was, and I'm beautiful. And. I remember posting this picture because I, you know, what's so funny to me is I love talking about bodies, but I often imagine that people that just listen to podcasts then go to search me and they're like, why is she talking about her body? Her body is so normal because I have a very normal, able body. And I've always felt like the fat friend or I've always felt like the one that's like, I was struggling or whenever I order French fries, I'm like, people are judging me. <sighs> like, you know what I mean? Like I've always yeah. just had these like narratives in my head. And so when I saw those pictures, now, when I look back, I'm like, Holy Moses, you should have walked around naked. <laughs> that Body. What were you thinking? Have you guys done that? Where you're like, you see a body like or a picture of you from five years ago. And you remember being insecure and you see it and you're like, If only she knew how beautiful she was. And so that day I posted that photo and it like was incredible. And the response was beautiful. And it was so brutally honest about my body and where I was. And then going through our fertility journey, just exasperated Uh my struggle with my body. And then being married to a really handsome fit guy, just, and so it's just been a piece of me. And even when I was writing a business book, which is not what my book is any longer, I still included a chapter about body image because nobody talks about how the way that you feel about yourselves impacts the way you show up in every area of your life. Oh my gosh. It's
1: so good. It like gives us all oxygen. I remember having Colby Calais here and talking about that video try where, you know, you just started taking off the makeup and how people wrote in, you know, about, oh my gosh, I'm finally for the first time, even- you know, questioning, maybe I don't need it. And I've never thought that. And I've been thinking about something lately. I've been, I just shared it on Instagram that there's so many women who I get to meet through this beautiful community who there's like a series of paper cut trauma that Mm. we all get. And then some women Mm -hmm. experience like capital T trauma. I think it's actually like one in three women has had some kind of sexual or feeling of being violated or their body somehow feels violated, which is so horrible. And every woman has those little paper cuts of it where yep. somebody is objectifying you in some way. And as a little girl, you start to close down and you start to think of yourself differently. And I I think about how sad that is because a woman fully embodied is the most powerful mm. force in the yes. world. And yes. you think about people like Lizzo and you're like, She is a magnet, full stop. She's a magnet for everything in this world because she's fully turned on. Like all the Christmas tree lights, like you know sometimes on the light strand, there's three (laughs) that are out. They're all on. And because that chakra, that kundalini, sexy, happy, vibrant, sweet and powerful, all of it, there's nothing that she can't do because she's totally fully like there. And I'm like, gosh, if women could just set down this shame, that's not ours. That sort of came from the outside in, we could move mountains. Mm-hmm. And that's what I see with you, Jenna. I feel like people follow you and they just like nod their head, like, there you go, queen. Let me shine your <laughs> crown for you because yeah. you have decided period. And so it is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And
1: that is it like, gives me the chills. It's so powerful. So in your book, along those lines, in part three, you say, what, what are you going to do about it? Like, look, mm, once you start yes. to have a sense of like, this is me, these yeah. are my values. And what comes up then for women is imposter syndrome. It's like, I have this clear sense. Okay. I do know this is my thing, but oh God. I'm not an expert enough. Oh God. Who am I to leave target and start a, a photography business? I don't know the first thing about how to get a client. Oh God. And then we get right back into now it's not being down on ourselves about this or that. Now it's about I don't feel like I'm ready enough. I'm not further. I need more of this, more time, more yes. how do you help people to go ahead and do the thing yeah. when they keep coming up against that imposter
0: syndrome? Oh, I love this, Kath. So one of the reasons why I think this book is life-changing and I can say that with full confidence is that because And we, we kind of touched on it, but I'm just going to call it out. Is that right now, especially for ambitious women, it feels like we are in these polarizing two camps. One of the camps is hustle culture and the other camp is the manifestors. And it's literally like, if you've ever been a mom and people are like, are you doing baby led weaning or are you doing purees? And it's like, you need to choose only one way. And if I've ever found anything out in life, it's like the blend, like blend it all. Yeah. Do what you're called. And it was funny because when I, when I did get my book deal and picked my editor, I was like, why, why me? Why this book? And she was like, you are where the woo meets the work, where the visions are backed up by the action. And you blend these two things that have become so polarizing in a way that makes it actually not just attainable, but sustainable. And so One of the reasons why the part three is like action is because it is so important for us to start moving. But here's what happens Have you ever, and Kathy, I'm going to ask you this have you ever like set this audacious goal or you're going to do this plan or you're going to cut sugar for 30 days? And then like three days in, you drop it and you just sit in shame for a long time. So I believe that women, oftentimes we get so ambitious and audacious and we forget about those voices. And we're like, you know, embodying the, who am I not to, and then three days in we fall off or something reminds us or we're triggered or whatever. And, and we start to doubt in our ability to get ourselves results. So we go back to the old map. We go back to the old plan. We, we question, like, who was I to think I could do that? And I have found in my life that it is like the most micro tiny actions, like the slower I'm growing, the deeper my roots are going. And in a day and age where all we want to do is show progress and have those before and after pictures, like I love the middle. And so when it you think about like working towards something, I want you to hold that vision, but I also want you to take that micro step towards it and What I mean by that is if you want to run a 5k, maybe today you just literally set your tennis shoes by your bed just to remind you of that goal. Maybe you take a picture from Pinterest and put it as your phone background. And every time you click onto your phone, you see that and you're reminded of that vision. And the reason why I truly have not been burnt out and, and Kathy, you are the wean of you and I are so aligned in this where we're like, there are just things I am not willing to do at this stage of life or in this stage of parenthood. The reason why I truly have not ever hit burnout in the last five years is because I am working so slowly and so tiny that it would be so boring to watch what was happening. <laughs> I think of the visual of like, if you were to watch a tree grow, no one's going to like camp their lawn chair in front of a tree, right? Like it would take forever. Yeah. And as the tree, like the external piece of the tree that you, the world sees is not really changing. Underneath the surface, the roots are spreading and strengthening, and the fingers are getting wider, and that foundation is getting stronger. That's the kind of growth that I want to popularize. That's the kind of growth that I want women to be seeking, not the visible growth, the growth that's fun to share, that gets likes and clicks, but the growth that is so beneath the surface that it anchors you to who you are and what your definition of success is. And so, what are you going to do about it? Guess what? It could be the shiny things, but it might not. It might be the opening the Google Doc and writing the book in silence without a book deal. It might be that researching the LLC to start it. It might be asking someone on a scale of one to 10, where are you at and how can I show up for you? It might be those things that don't necessarily perform well, they're not curated or aesthetic, but you are strengthening those roots in that action. And that's what I want women to lean into more in a world that is so visual that eats with its eyes first. I want those roots to go deep.
1: Oh my gosh. I love what you're saying. And I completely agree. And I've never heard it said so well. I agree a hundred percent that people are in these two camps. It's either hustle and grind and boss up and all that, or it's like manifest and even though I, I get it, I've never been able to like put the word manifest in like any of my stuff. I, also, yeah. I'm a very like God person. And I don't, yes. I don't even know what that means. I'm not sure, but I get it too. I, yes. do, I totally get, I get it. Both. I get them both. And I also, what I, what I love about what you're saying is it's, action, but it's the right action. And I love how you said in a world that eats with its eyes, right? Because even in mindfulness, right, which I've done a ton of meditation and and spending years at UCLA doing like just beautiful secular mindfulness practice. That was my point. They call it a practice, meaning you have to wake up every day and the action to take is to do the practice. Mm-hmm. Like you can't just say, like, I'm done. I'm no, like you, you, you have to do it. Or when Dan Butner was here, who, who discovered the blue zones and people who live into their hundreds in different parts of the world, they do a lot of things. There's a lot of ritual, there's prayer in most of these parts of the world, right? They're eating certain ways, they're yep. in action in certain ways. But you're right, it's not the kind of action that's the hustle grind action. It's actually yeah. not that. Right. Yes. But it is this deeper. I love that. It's these small, but important, subtle and powerful. Like I think of Bob Goff coming here saying yes. every day I raise my hand and say, use me. And I, I come up with lists of like five different ways I could be generous or be in service. I'm just like, let's go. And oh my God, the amount of momentum that guy has, yes. the amount of opportunities that come flooding his way, but that's right action, right? It's yep. not Hustle. When he, he told me, he goes, Kath, you know, whenever my neighbor's out of town, I take in his garbage and yes. he doesn't even know because his he yes. might do it or whatever. I'm doing it, but I know, I yeah. know I'm doing it right. Yeah. He's volunteering at San Quentin prison. He goes, I don't post that. I know I'm doing that. You yes. know, when, when like Ryan holiday was here, he goes, when I take those meditations and he, and I go with my family away to a beach, it's in the sand, I get the idea for the next book.
0: Yes. So it's like, this is where
1: the action is almost like there aren't two camps. It really is presence, right? It's non-doing and then doing from a place of alignment, from a place that's really, really, really core, not Mm -hmm. surface. And so that's so juicy. You guys, I want to give you a few minutes if you have a question for Jenna about anything that we've talked about or anything else, if you've been following her and there's just something you've been wanting to ask her. um, Of course, she has an amazing podcast, Gold Digger, which I'm sure many of you follow already. So if you have questions about that, you can put them in the chat and I will ask her some of those questions. But Jenna, before I I see their questions come up, what was like the thing that when somebody finishes reading this book, you wanted them to, to fully know and walk away with?
0: that the voice has always been within themselves and that it's time to turn the dial up. And what I think is so fascinating and like what is what was so important to me in writing this book is like I only know what I know so far. Right. And I'm a person that is learning and growing and changing and evolving. So this isn't the Jenna five step process to be like me. It is the process to coming home to yourself and trusting yourself and your own voice again. And All I want for people is to get comfortable being still with themselves to hear that voice again. Because I think so many of us are going through life. I was just on a call and someone was asking me about something. And I was like, did you see any red flags? And she's like a million. And I was like, and you were still considering doing it. And she's like, I just don't trust myself sometimes. Ah. And it's fascinating to me because it's like, ask anyone who's been in a bad relationship or made the wrong career move or whatever. Did you have an inner knowing? And this actually circles us all the way back to the beginning where it's like, you know, there's something you need to do and you need to go do it listen to that knowing and trust that there are so many like pings from yourself, from your soul in the universe that we're missing. And I think that it's time that we get home to that.
1: Oh, so true. Oh my gosh. And I really do feel like reading this book and what you lay out in this book, even what you've talked about today is sort of a recipe for slowing down long enough and putting that hustle aside for just a moment where you really can start to listen to what's inside. I want to ask you one last question. I've been to Minnesota. I didn't know you when I was there, but it is one of my favorite places was in Minneapolis. I was writing music at the time for Target and Best Buy and they're all there. So I was doing that and we went to Stillwater, which is like beautiful. Oh my God. yeah. I wanted to take everybody home with me. And I say that because they people say like my husband's from chicago like chicagoans are the nicest people they really are and then i went to minnesota i was like they're even nicer there so i say that because i think that people think that there are two camps also that are mutually exclusive that you can be really nice yeah or you can make money
0: oh yeah and
1: that if you're making money you lose a little bit you have to sacrifice like your integrity just a little yeah and I am impressed with both of us because I think we're both truly like that's like a number one priority is like really being kind. Like that's way up there. And really allowing things to be expansive. Like really wanting our I posted a picture of my daughter today from the hotel Bel Air. It's like my favorite. We're about to go take a trip there. And I love, I love that we get to do stuff like that. And I don't think that it's it's made me have to compromise on any of my integrity. And I wanted you to share some of that. How have you become a multimillionaire and be a girl from Minnesota at the same time?
0: Yeah. Minnesota nice is so real. You guys, we just had a flight the other day and you know, when they say like, let people with quick layovers off of the plane before, and nobody does every person kept their butt in their seats. And we were all cheering on the people that had to run to their layovers. Like you can do it. How, what gate do you got to go to? You got this. And like, it was literally the most beautiful example of Minnesota nice. Cause we were landing in Minneapolis and we're like, and like the flight attendants were like, this never happens. And yeah. I was like, welcome to Minnesota. Um, You know, it's really interesting because for so long, like my big goal was six figures because neither of my parents had ever crossed that threshold. Right. And so that felt audacious. And when I arrived at six figures, it felt empty to me. And it was really fascinating to me because I did start to think like, why am I earning all this money if I can't even enjoy it? And there's actually a story in the book about when I hit six figures, I was so miserable and burnt out that I was like, screw the money. I'll go back to $50,000 a year. I was happier because mm-hmm. I had more time and being in Minnesota, it keeps you so mighty grounded, um, so wildly grounded. I, I freaking love it. And I don't ever want to leave because of that. But what is so incredible is like when you, to me, I am a lifestyle entrepreneur, as are you, Miss Kathy. We're not achievement based. We are like, I just want to live a wonderful life. I want to bless others with the blessings that I have. And it has afforded me opportunities to help out my parents or to, you know, be a donor and massive things and do all that kind of stuff. But what I found is that like money can buy us back our time. So when they say money doesn't buy happiness, I don't fully agree because it buys yeah. us opportunity and, and choice. Yeah. And to me, choice is freedom. And so I'm not saying earning more money will make you happier. Cause there are thresholds. They say $70,000 and up. If you make any more than that, you're not any more happier. Your happiness yeah. doesn't keep going up with that but if you can figure out a way to get yourself the freedom of choice, I think to me, that is like the best blessing you can give yourself. And so we were just on a call before this, we're building our, our first home, like a custom home. And we were like, we want everything. Stop telling us these options. We want everything. And I was like, I was like, well, now when I work, I'm like, that just paid for the waterfall countertop. (laughs) And this project is going to pay. And like, it was just so funny because I'm like, I'm still so like humble in that where I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like this is such a blessing to be able to do this and to tie my work to the things that I will enjoy means more to me than any amount in the bank. So,
1: yeah, it's so beautiful. I think this is so important. I I mean, I really do think there's not enough women who have like really darn good priorities who also are willing to talk about money and how it really does like add value to your life. And I've said before, mother Teresa, she said, It takes a checkbook to change the world. You know, she was spending a lot of time talking to white men with big checkbooks to try to get things done. And there's a lot of girls who have good ideas, who we can make things happen. Plus we can get our time back so that we can enjoy our life. Um, All right. So I'm just going to ask you a couple of questions. So Marla says, is it possible to earn six figures in the place of mindfulness instead of hustle? It feels like there has to be that hustle first.
0: Yeah. That's a great question. Marla Marla. I feel like, are you in my community? I recognize your name. Okay. So hustle. There are benefits to hustle. Hustle cannot be the go-to hustle is not sustainable. And I think it can get so confusing in this business world because so many people that are successful are like, I hustled myself to the bone and now I will no longer do that. But you're like, but wasn't that required to get to where you are? Mm -hmm. And I think that there is a level of hustle, but what happens is, is when you truly hit burnout, I was just researching burnout for a long time. When you truly hit burnout, it's because you're not on the right chase. Like, it's like, if you think about a roadmap, To get to where you want to go, you need the map and you need to know the destination, but you also have to be honest about your starting point. If you lie or flub about where you're starting on the map, you're not gonna have the right directions Mm. to get to where you're wanting to go. And so you absolutely can earn six figures in this place of mindfulness. And that is exactly what Kathy and I are afforded to be able to do right now. Like I am so mindful in my work, but I would say that it does take a higher gear to get things going, but you have to go through that, looking at it as a season and not something that you have to maintain every time. Like there have been parts of the book aspect where I'm like, this is going to be a slight more of a grind, but here's the start and end date of that. And here's how I'm going to energize myself to get through that. And when it's done, here's how I'm celebrating that. And the burnout comes is when we keep pushing the finish line further and further and further and keep just trying to stay like a hamster on the wheel. So, okay. That's what I would say on that.
1: Beautiful. And she did say that she's in KBB all the
0: way. Oh, so yeah, I was just going to say, I, uh, I know you, Marla.
1: <laughs> that's by the way, that kind of says everything because <laughs> what in the actual heck that you're like, yep, yeah, I recognize you. There's a million people on my social and millions. I see you, Marla. And I see you, babe. Got you. Love that. Uh, Okay. Two more questions. Angela said, I feel like I get a lot of inspired hits and I take action, but nothing I do really ever hits and has more than moderate success. I get great feedback from my audience and it's growing, but just not taking off like it should. Mm. I feel like I'm endlessly doing, but I'm not resonating any advice.
0: Yes. Okay. So I'm going to give you an example and I just want you to think about this. Remind me who, who asked this question, Angela, Angela. Okay. So Angela, So imagine with me that you are going to host a dinner party for your followers. So the people that are following you and you set the table and you have them and they're all seated at the table waiting for that first course. And instead of serving them, you go outside onto the streets and you start yelling, come on in, come on in to every (laughs) single person passing by, regardless of if they like what you're serving or not. That is how we are treating social media, where we're forgetting to put down the course in front of the people who are there because we're so fixated on the people outside who might not even be the right fit, who might not care, who might not want what we have. And it's so important that we just focus on serving who is there. If you even have a hundred followers and you Google on Google, a crowd of 100 people, and you imagine yourself standing in front of a hundred people, what a freaking gift that is. Mm. Do not Google what a crowd of a million looks like, or you will never do anything. Um, but it's such a beautiful thing. And the fact that it is resonating, but not to the realm that you're hoping for tells me that you're on to something and that you just need to keep going deeper and keep showing up for the people that are there. Um, One of the things that I think is so hard in today's day and age is that we want to grow so fast. But again, if we think about it, slow growth, deep roots, figure out what's sticking, have conversations with people. I am in my DMs, like voice DMing people every single day, just really asking them, you know, where are you at or what are you stuck with or what's going on in your life? Um, And so you're on to something great. Um, Keep on going and just don't stop with where you're at serve the people that are there and they will come back and they'll invite friends to come back as well. That was beautiful.
1: And that was so nice of you to, to give us a piece of that because I wasn't going to ask you, I was like, it's too easy to ask her about social media and it's not what no,
2: it's fine.
0: You are amazing. As always, this is such a treat. Tell us where we can buy the book. (laughs) So you can find out more about the book at howareyoureallybook.com. Gold Digger Podcast, G-O-A-L. Kathy has been championing me since day one on this podcasting journey and has been such a wealth of knowledge and inspiration. Um, And then Jenna Kutcher is everywhere on jennacutcher.com. Instagram. I'm not talking about myself in the third person though. It may sound that way.
1: (laughs) Um, I love you. I love you. I love you. Thank you for this gorgeous conversation. Thank you for letting us see this beautiful face and
0: soul. And uh, we're going to all get the book. I love you guys. Thank you for this sweet community. It was such a blessing to be with you this morning. So thank you for having me. Talking to Jenna is always
1: such a joy. Here are the takeaways. Number one, you can change and pivot, but still stay aligned with who you are and what you feel called into. Number two, we need to be ambitiously seeking out community that makes you feel known. Number three, your insecurities can become the thing that breaks the glass ceiling and connects you even greater than your gifts. Number four, the slower you're growing, the deeper your roots are going. Hold the vision, but take micro steps towards it. You strengthen the roots in those tiny actions. Number five, turn the dial up on the voices that have always been within yourself. Listen to your knowing and trust it. There are so many pings from your soul and universe that we're missing. It's time to come home to that. Number six, money can buy opportunities, choice, and freedom, and having the freedom of choice is the best blessing you can give yourself. And number seven, focus on serving and showing up for the people who are already there for you. They're a gift. All right, now I want to celebrate a win from our alumni, Letitia, and she said... I am happy to say that I finally have 10 episodes total, which include my trailer and mini episodes. I'm still working things out with the ending and hopefully my sound will get better after just ordering a foam microphone windscreen for my Yeti mic. I just had an amazing episode with Orly Narcus at Laris, a spiritual medium that lasted over an hour. Our conversation made me aware that synchronicities and other experiences I've had were probably signs from my loved ones. I've already had so many amazing conversations. Thank you everyone for your help. Oh my God, Leticia, congrats on making it to episode 10. That's no small feat. I love that even though you're still working out the tweaks, you didn't let that stop you from moving forward and bringing these conversations to life. And it's so cool to hear the interviews are opening your eyes to new discoveries. There's so much ahead and I just know it. I can't wait to see how this continues to grow. You can all go give Leticia some love. Her podcast is called Working Through Life. Thank you so, so much for listening to this podcast. It means so much to me. And we have so much that's going to be coming down the pipe. So please make sure that you are subscribed and that you are listening. And for all of you who went ahead and entered the giveaway we just posted last night, for those of you who reviewed and for those of you who subscribed, uh, we're going to do more giveaways like that. I want to just continue to rally as much as I can behind you to support you. And so yesterday we chose two winners and we gave each of them a $1,000 $300 gift card to Nordstrom plus $500 towards my retreat. Plus we gave them this gorgeous Zadig and Voltaire t-shirt that says women can do anything. It was a really fun bundle. Plus they got a signed copy of my book, Don't Keep Your Day Job. So lots of good stuff. We're going to do more giveaways. So if you have not been following me on Instagram, you definitely want to go over there because there's some good stuff going on. You can follow me at kathy.heller. Kathy is with a C. And thank you for reviewing the show. And thank you for sharing the show. And by the way, these giveaways usually just include two things. We ask that you review the podcast and we ask that you share one of my reels And tag me. So if you want to be in on the next giveaway, that is what you do. You leave a review, you take a screenshot of it, and you share any reel of mine that's on Instagram and you tag me. So you would have already been ready to go when we do the next giveaway because you will have already done those things. I love you guys so much, and we actually are doing a flash sale of a program of mine called Made for Millions. It is 16 sessions with some of the fiercest women I know, including Jenna Kutcher and Martha Beck and Morgan Harper Nichols and Candace Nelson and Britt Moran and Jerisha Hawk, and it's just amazing. It is incredible. It also comes with three months of my membership lit up. If you want to get in on this right now, you can go to kathyheller.com slash millions and it is only $495. That is a fraction of a fraction of the cost. You will be changed by going through this program. Again, you can go to kathyheller.com slash millions and check it out. You won't be disappointed. It is such fire. It is so fierce. We really become the people we spend time with. I just posted on Instagram yesterday that this season of my life is invite only. This chapter is invite only because we become the people we spend time with. And so just like we can start to feel really tired and sluggish and heavy and sad if we're around people whose energy is really negative, when we spend even 10 minutes with a woman who is inspired, empowered, enthusiastic, creative, it is infectious. And by being in these spaces, I have seen women grow in exponential ways. So you can go grab that for 4.95. The price will go up next week. 16 sessions plus three months of my membership, 495. dollars kathyheller.com slash millions. Go check it out. I would love you to enjoy that. And I just can't wait for the retreat. If you want to grab your spot for that, it's kathyheller.com slash retreat. We will be in Malibu dreaming up our best business, dreaming up our best life, and really and truly stepping into it. It is time to fully live that future now. If you found this episode inspiring, I'm sure that Jenna would appreciate you taking a screenshot and sharing about it and tagging her at Jenna Kutcher. You can also tag me at kathy.heller. I love you so much. I'll leave you with a song. Have an amazing weekend.